Welcome to Sports Weekly with Ayaz Memon. Hello and welcome to the second episode of Sports Weekly. I'm Ayaz Memon, your host for the show, and we're going to cover a lot of ground today. Starting, of course, with the Test match at Ahmedabad, very controversial, ending in an emphatic win for India, ten wicket win. We're also going to talk about the T20 series between Australia and New Zealand, where the Aussies are struggling. We've got an update on what Mericom, MC Mericom, the champion boxer from India, is doing. Also, Tiger Woods, how is he faring after that horrible injury that he suffered, the car crash? And finally, Novak Djokovic, Australian Open champion again for the ninth time. We're going to talk about him too. Also joining me in the show will be Cyrus Brocha, the irrepressible sports buff. So let's start with Australia versus New Zealand, the T20 series. It's a five-match contest and Australia are two down already. The first match, they lost by 53 runs. The second match, far closer by four runs. Nevertheless, a defeat. And the Aussies must be wondering what they need to do to get the better of the Kiwis. Remember, this is a home series for Kane Williamson and his team and they are showing yet again how powerful they can be on their home turf. Where Australia are concerned, they started with a bit of a setback or a handicap, if I might put it that way. No Steve Smith, no David Warner. So two of their best batsmen not available. Aaron Finch, his poor form continues and it's beginning to show perhaps also in his captaincy. Uh, they've had some good performances coming largely from Marcus Troynes in the second match. The bowlers haven't performed badly. Jai Richardson, Dan Sams, both of whom impressed in the Big Bash League, have been in form here too. But the Aussies are being let down by their batsmen, especially Aaron Finch and Glenn Maxwell. And we know what contrasting fortunes they had in the auction for the Indian Premier League. Aaron Finch left out, not sold at all. Glenn Maxwell commanded massive price from Royal Challengers Bangalore, but he's not been able to make runs either. There's been a bit of, you know, murmur or a bit of, excitement about uh, the form of New Zealander Devin Conway uh, who made a 90 plus 99 in fact in the first match and had he done this four days earlier he would have gone for a massive price in the IPL. Be that as it may there's a lot at stake for Australia and for Arden French. Remember this year at the end of the year there's going to be the T20 World Cup to be played in India. So let me come up to the big story of the week India versus England the match played at Motera, now the Narendra Modi Stadium. Uh, it finished in two days. In less than two days, a total of 142.2 overs bowled, India winning by 10 wickets. But that might be a bit misleading, the margin of victory, because England made 112 and 81 in their two innings, and in India scored 145 in their first innings. A, a very low-scoring match, which has provoked actually a tumult about the nature of the pitch that was that the match was played on. Opinion is divided down the middle on how this pitch played. Michael Vaughan, Alistair Cook, Dilip Vengsalka, all former captains and stellar players, they, they believe and they've actually criticised the pitch. They said this was very poor advertisement for Test cricket. In fact, Michael Vaughan, the day the match started, he, he tweeted, is it going to be a two-day Test match? And he was prescient. There are others. Jeffrey Boycott, for one. Sunil Gavaskar, for another. And Kevin Peterson, who believe, yes, the pitch may not have been a great one to bat on. The problem was with the batsmen. They didn't have either the technique or the gumption and the, and the temperament to, to perform well on this, on this pitch. Now, you can take your pick in, on which side you want to, you know, which side you want to swing. I actually 
prefer to sit. I'll sit on the fence for this one, and I'll explain to you why. One is that the pitch was poor. Let's face it. Uh, you know, a lot of people have said that the ball really didn't spin viciously. Only a few did, and that's really the problem. Because if you don't know which ball is going to turn, and the others are going straight through, pitching at almost the same spot with the same action by the same bowler, then there is a problem. And from day one, the other is, of course, that any Test match which finishes under under two days and has virtually eliminated one skill from the equation, which is in this case batting or batsmanship, is a is it it just robs the five day format of its flavor and its purpose. Ultimately, Test cricket is about it's a it's a it's a test that players are put to whether it's batting, bowling, fielding, etc. etc. And if the batsmen have no chance, it becomes a lottery. Then I think it. It just somehow does not seem right, and this is the day and age when there's so much brouhaha about whether Test cricket has a future or not. I think more effort should be made to ensure that you know the uh, it tends towards equality, the opportunities for batsmen and bowlers. It may never, it never will be exactly the same, and we know that. And there will be low-scoring matches. We've seen that too. In 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 fact, most day-night matches have ended before time. So this was not strange to the extent that it finished prematurely, except that it finished in under two days. Now that's one part of the the story or one part of the the controversy. The other is this is where I sit on the fence because if you look at the trajectory of this series, England won the first match handsomely by two hundred and seventeen runs, and then it seems to me they got into this defensive mindset for no reason. We saw that in the second Test match at Chepauk where. they seem to be more concerned about the pitch and how it would help the spinners rather than go out and play positively as they had done in the first match and by the time they came to amdabad and motera they seem to be petrified of the pitch and stupefied the just the sight of ashwin and akshar patel i think sent shivers down their spine now yes these two bowlers have been outstanding but let's not forget at one stage England was seventy-three for two, having won the toss. If they had made, I would think, two hundred or two twenty-five, the result could well have been different. But they lost their nerve. First, I think they picked the wrong team. They packed their side with fast bowlers, had only one specialist spinner, and then the batsmen just didn't measure up. And again. Having bowled Ingl- India out for one hundred and forty-five, you would have thought that they would have learned from their. you know their disastrous batting in the first innings and put up a better show it didn't happen i think that's really to me the the problem with the argument that only the pitch caused the result or caused england's defeat no i think england also kind of hurt themselves very badly and i think if i have to put my finger on it i have to put two fingers actually one is the rotational policy or the rotation policy which doesn't seem to make too much sense to me when they've got players who are coming in and going out of the squad and the other is there seems to have been too much overthinking on how to play india on these pitches it's like you know paralysis by excessive analysis joining me now to discuss the amdabad match and of course the other match coming up also at amdabad the fourth test match is cyrus brocha an ex xavier like me and that's not the only thing which binds us together he's a He's a sports buff. There's nothing that he doesn't know about cricket. Uh, I call him Mr. Wisdom because he's just full of facts and figures and and you know an elephant's memory. 
and also not just cricket he's devoted to sports all sports welcome to the show cyrus uh, we're talking test cricket i know you're a cricket junkie and more so uh, for the five day format and i want to take up front for the five day format how do you see a match ending in under 2 days were you overjoyed that india's won emphatically 10 wicket win or were you a little upset that a 5 day match which should have provided so much entertainment to fans over the weekend finished in what 142 overs early in the lockdown ayaz uh, i would have preferred 5 days but now some of some of the work has resumed so uh, it's not that bad but i i honestly don't understand the problem with the 2 day finish Uh, earlier on, we had these dull test matches where draw after draw would happen on flat wickets, and you know people would complain that it's a dying uh, art. Now you've got a two-day finish, which I think the pink ball has become a revel- sort of a revolution. It gives you really hard cricket. Batsmen are exposed either against swing or seam, or in this case, spin. Uh, uh, from what I gather, everybody was playing for spin, which wasn't there. So that's a paradox which you'll have to explain, especially Aksar Patel bowling. Uh, but I, I think it's a it's a bit of a commentary, like it was in Australia, for both teams. Uh, that perhaps Test match batting not up to the mark. The moment the ball has a little bit of a sway, uh, immediately we see that the batting performances, you know, whether it's a 36 all out or Australia failing to score runs in the last two Test matches, um, England struggling after Sri Lanka here, even India struggling in that first inning. So I think that exposes the fact that Test match batting. With no Ranji Trophy this year, maybe on tracks where the bowler has a chance, we stand exposed. Well, these are some interesting points you've raised. So let me just take them up one by one. The uh, one is, of course, lack of practice. So you know we've not had a full season. The Indians mm-hmm. certainly haven't had a full domestic season. Not enough, you know, first-class games. Uh, England have had a series in Sri Lanka. Before that, they played at home, so they've been a little more. Uh, in the swing of things, if I might say so, because they had a Correct. fairly large, fairly full domestic season. But the point I'm, I, 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 you know, trying to understand is yes, there is the pink ball factor, and we've seen now that it's not just helping swing and fast bowlers, but it's also helping spinners because of the extra lacquer. The thing is that is there an issue now in modern cricket where teams, especially touring overseas, just don't have enough. Warm-up matches. They get straight away into a test match, and therefore they've not had enough time to come to terms with the conditions there, the tracks there, etc., etc. Is that a big factor? Yeah, but I think in this case it's the reverse. India didn't, as you mentioned, didn't get enough uh, first-class cricket on these uh, Indian conditions, having just come from bouncy wickets. But um, even in spite of that, they're able to win the match and win the match easily in the end by ten wickets. But the, I think the problem is that T20 dominance, as good as it is, has got so much good stuff out. Exciting cricket, great fielding, power hitting, power batting. So on certain good tracks uh, where the bounce is even, it looks like batsmen are going to make huge scores and change the game completely. But what's happening is that they're not equipped for pitches where there's too much turn, lot of uh, swing. Uh, if the seam movement because of the ball is uh, pronounced as it is with a pink ball, so I, I think that's the difference. Uh, uh, let's put it two styles of batting. If we to quote Bradman badly, the art of batting is divided into the power hitting T20 style on on good wickets, and then you've got uh, the art of batting, the attrition, uh, reading the ball, getting behind the line, reading the, the spinners from the hand. You don't read from the hand anymore. What I could understand is everybody saying that uh, Aksar Patel is not turning it; they're playing for the spin. And in the second inning, they repeat the same thing. Uh, that was the first over. So you're thinking, what is wrong with the mindset? 
I just I don't know, maybe I'm wrong, but I just think that test cricket batting practice, whether it's on in the home conditions for both teams, uh, or whether it's you know back in your own domestic season, all seems to be a little uh, less. So I I have a you know a slightly different take in the sense that I see it you know two track uh, story about what happened at Ahmedabad and perhaps largely also to do with the series. One is that. Mm-hmm. The pitch really didn't help the batsmen. I mean, there's been a lot of theorizing about how a lot of the batsmen got out to straight deliveries, deliveries which went straight through. But that, in right. fact, becomes a danger because some spots it's going to turn square, and you know, very near that spot, the same length, the same line is going to go straight through. So the batsman is at sixes and sevens with himself, with the pitch, with the bowling. As to what should we do, what should one do? You know, I think that's and it it comes through not because of how England fed, but also how the Indian batsmen fed. Imagine right. Joe Joe Root getting five wickets for eight runs. You know, I mean, it's unthinkable otherwise. Yeah, no, I I agree with you. I agree with all that. I was just thinking that maybe in the old days, when you have a track, the second innings performance sometimes is better. You know, because it's it's on, it's on day one they're struggling with the ball. But there was no, uh, for England I'm talking about, the second innings is even worse. Crawley had some timing in the first inning. He was looking decent for a little while. He goes out first ball to uh, Aksar Patel. Uh, and then that over, they should have got three wickets, frankly. The match was more or less over by then. Correct. You know, two for nothing. So, I have I have a point of view there also. And I completely agree with you. I think what's happened with England is that they've lost their nerve uh, after the first test win. For some reason, mm-hmm. strangely enough, uh, you know, having won the first match by 217 runs, that's a massive win. They should have been strut- strutting out in the next test match, you know, with strong body language and trying to take the attack to the Indian bowlers. But they... But they dropped Jimmy Anderson, Nayas. They dropped Jimmy oh, Anderson. A magical spell. They dropped Jimmy Anderson. They've got this bizarre rotation policy where they often don't have the best 11 playing, you know. And then they've got all... I mean, I'm just trying to understand what the situation in the dressing room would be or the mindset where yep. you know Moin Ali gets eight wickets he's, he's gone back home Johnny Bairstow who made runs in Sri Lanka was sent back home and is brought in and makes a you know gets a pair and exactly. what's happening with Ben Stokes I mean you know he's neither bowling he's not bowling three or four overs in a match uh, in a match he's standing at slip and he's got completely mesmerized by R. Ashwin he's seeing the devil everywhere or demons everywhere and yeah. you know so there's no support for Root and I think it's come through, as you mentioned, first innings, you win the toss, you're 73 for two and you fold up for 112. In the second innings, in the second innings, you make 81. You know, nothing learnt, everything lost. It just shows that they've crumbled in confidence. Yeah, they look completely completely defeated in the second innings. You know, it was like the body language, as you just mentioned, complete change. I can only think of one problem. Ahmedabad has no non-veg food and no alcohol. <laughs> in the English culture, perhaps, you know, missing that is a problem. Because the comforts of home, or but it's been a long tour. If you consider they were in Sri Lanka two months ago, <laughs> but so, you can you can get high on a good performance. So I know. Look, let's get back to the Jimmy Anderson story. Yeah. This is the best swing bowler of his generation, uh, arguably. Yeah. He has a magical spell which uh, turn turn turns the match in a sense. I, I know they they were in uh, in front at that point, but you needed someone to kill India because India is much tougher now than any other opposition, I think, and that too at home. Uh, he play he bowls that fabulous spell. He has the momentum because he's taken a sixer or a fiver in a second test in uh, Sri Lanka. And then you drop, drop him the next test. Uh, isn't it about momentum? You're having that sort of, that form, what we call, the, you know, the, especially with the class players. Yeah. Lara's hitting 100 in every test match. You don't drop him the third one, you know. Correct. Or Tendulkar. I mean, it makes no sense. 
let's let's focus on some of the performances from india our ashwin i mean what a great season he's been having superb you know batting bowling the middle and the hunting that that van that rear guard action that with him and hanuman vihari the forgotten soldier who didn't get an ipl contract i mean really ashwin is i agree with you the toast of the season because he's just shown fight gumption intelligence and heart and above all that what the statistics are mind boggling people just forget this is the fastest guy to what 400 wickets almost second yeah. fastest i i mean he's never had a bad patch maybe two or three tests abroad where he's not performed it's never been more than that so i think he's not been given his due he's a bit like the rahul dravid of last generation he's right there he's a Well, the heart of the team, and I really think he should be appreciated more. I he think he goes and scores a hundred with some classy drives and all. You know, I mean, this guy is super talented. He is, and I think he's coming to his own. And I just wanted to kind of, you know, pick your brain on this. What happens? This is, of course, speculation. What happens when a player who's fantastic becomes almost overnight a great player? You've seen that happen, or in the, in one season, you've seen that happen in Australia. and continuing now in this season he's had 400s before this you know he's taken a lot yeah. of wickets before this season but not as many as he did in australia this time he just tied up steve smith you know it's almost as if smith smith's legs were tied by ashwin's spin labushen yeah, outball nathan lion outball uh, nathan lion and we discussed this actually at at a cocktail party while india was suffering with covid <laughs> but uh, uh, you know and I think the the hype on Lion, that Lion outbowled Indian bowlers here, Indian spinners here, two tours, and then you know he's un unbeatable at home. But I thought by the second Test match there was only one off spinner on view. Clearly, yeah, yeah. And he's, he's uh, and I, I think the the confidence, as you say, the step from great or good to great. I think it's happened with the Australian tour. He, he just he was just super, he knows in his heart that he's now the best off spinner in the world. Yeah, you know he can actually say that he can bowl you out in Australia. Indian condition, Chennai in his home ground, he can bowl left-handed. Yeah. Yeah. Oh no, we have Akshar Patel. Oh, by the way, what happens to Jadeja? This boy is taking twenty thousand wickets in two Test matches. What Correct. are you going to do? So I, I have a point of view on that. I'll just come to you there. But just to kind of round up on Ashwin, he's got Ben Stokes, arguably the best cricketer in the world. He's just made him into a nervous wreck. Stokes doesn't know where his off stump is. He doesn't know. He's just kind of you know rooted to the ground. Doesn't use his feet. Now talking about Akshar Patel, he was not even the second choice bowler in the squad, and this is interesting, Cyrus. The first yeah. choice bowler was bowler was Jadeja, who got injured. The second choice bowler actually in the squad was Kuldeep Yadav, but Akshar Patel leapfrogged over him, missed the first test because of he injured himself, and then he's come back and taken well seventeen wickets or or eighteen wickets already in this series. And the story goes, he didn't want to bowl as a kid. Yes, he was a batsman and he was forced to bowl. Yeah, and you know he just uh, chucked his left arm over, you know, uh, out of habit or whatever. He wasn't even thinking about his game, and now he's uh, suddenly the legend, one of the legends of India. But let me let me paint a scenario to you. So we've got a third choice bowler coming and taking eighteen wickets. Of obviously the first choice bowler when he comes back, we'll have to wait and see what happens to Jadeja. But look at the options that the Indian selectors have now. There's There's Jadeja, there's Akshar Patel, there's Kuldeep Yadav, there's Shahbaz Nadeem, who you know. So and then when yeah, you look at yeah, wasn't given enough of a run. Yeah, yeah, and then you look at the fast bowling options. There's Ishan, there's Bumrah, there's Ya Umesh Yadav, there's Mohammad Shami, Bobby there's Kumar Siraj. Now Bhuvneshwar. So Ishan Sharma has I I think it's just showing the the strength and the richness of Indian cricket at 
at this point in time. We can loan, since they colonize us, we can loan a couple of our bowlers to uh, the English for the fourth test to make it fun, yeah. Because right now, it, it's not just the bowling, huh? the Silas, it's not just the bowling, it's also in the batting. I mean, I know uh, there's a lot to criticize Prithvi Shaw for, Shaw for because I think he's got his opportunities, he's muffed them. But he goes back into Hazare, Vijay Hazare tournament yeah, and smashes a dub now, double hundred. And there are, so these guys, there are lots of batsmen who are keeping the likes of, you know, Pujara, Rohit, Rahane on their toes. You know, I mean, these are big names we're talking about, but right. they cannot afford to take it easy, which is, which is where yeah, the... You should answer this question because you've covered the, what, 40, 50 years, not to age you, you're a young man, <laughs> of Indian cricket. Have you ever felt we are this rich in talent where you man for man, we can replace them? Almost man for man. I mean, barring Ashwin because Washington Sundar's bowling is just not up to the mark in, uh, for me. But otherwise, I can almost duplicate every single player barring maybe Virata and Ashwin. Well, I, I believe that India can actually have two teams playing at the international level. I would go, I mean, I mean maybe even possibly a third because it's just so much. It's, it's just that the talent pool is massive and the talent pool is good and it's being helped by, you know, there's a lot of very good domestic tournaments at the junior level. And, and obviously, there's the mental, IPL. Mental skills, which maybe Ravi Shastri should be given a little more credit. Lots, lots of, you know, boisterous sort of uh, brave hearts coming through in Australia. Shadul Thakur, you know, not known to people who don't really follow the game. And he's you know, playing out of his skin and showing the kind of body language which I, he looked more like Dennis Lilly. Yeah, Palgar boy. Palgar boy, as, yeah. as you say. <laughs> Washington Sundar. Yeah. You know, got no, nerves of steel. I think the way he pulled that ball to the fence in the, in the middle of that chase and then little uh, cut with Lucky Edge or whatever it was but it was Luck favor the Brave all of them you know I mean that kid Natarajan uh, he's not a kid anymore but uh, with all he's just become a father some, uh, having a child at home and not being able to see home for six months with the IPL before that I mean, just these stories of all I, I'm just stunned at the mental strength that yes. nobody spoke about we've always been called from the Vijay Amritaraj era if we can just use tennis for a second but great talent great skill great risk uh, but never finishing no killer instinct Aren't these the kind of lines we were used to in the 80s and 90s growing up? And yeah. now it's quite the opposite. Exactly. I think that a lot has changed in Indian sport, certainly in cricket. That uh, you know, and it's to, it's to do with livelihood, it's to do with reward. And people know that if they do well, they will get acclaim, they will get fame, and they will get money. But since you did talk about tennis, and uh, you know, I know that you are also passionate about tennis, I want to ask you about Novak Djokovic. What do you? Think of his ninth. I mean, you're talking title. about Ashwin uh, right now, and yeah. we mentioned Rahul Dravid. I hate to keep saying that, you know, it's almost like a disservice to their greatness. But look at uh, the kind of. I mean, Federer is great. There's no question about it. Nera is fantastic, no doubt about that. But he should not be the third string. Uh, by the time he's finished, 19 to 33 years old, he may be the one who leaves all the records in his wake. You know, a 20 grand slams we thought was impossible. This guy's got more on his tank than the other two. So I think Novak has to be saluted. Nine out of nine. Oh, that's a, just a ridiculous feat. And and, and he's, he's an all-court player. He has actually no weakness. Uh, you know, he's won on all four surfaces. He can win on any surface and from any position. So I'm a huge fan of Novak. And I, my mom and I watched it together. And you know that first set where uh, I think service changed and all initially. And she said, oh God, he's going to tank it. You know, I said, don't worry, this is Novak. Once he gets the bit between his teeth, he's just going to run to the finish. <laughs> Very true. Thanks a lot, Cyrus, for speaking to, yes, to me on this show. Please invite me to your house. We're a 
impoverished lot. We love to eat <laughs> some good food once in a while. The doors of my house are always open for you, Cyrus. Yeah. Thank one you last, so much. One last point. Yeah. What do you think the fourth test will be? Ha! Our land. We are not going to have the same pitch. Certainly, it's the same ground. Uh, you know, and uh, look, I think that England can play spoil sport by denying India a passage into the World Test Championship final. But the way they've been playing this series, uh, it looks very remote to me. Uh, I don't who's see them. Bat? Uh, yeah, who's going to bat for them? And you I know, mean, Root said, uh, "Give me twenty balls, and then we'll be able to bat." What an irony! Nobody yeah. batted twenty balls in the second yeah. inning. It's hilarious. So I think whatever the surface, I think they're just down in the dumps, and I think it'll, India will have to play, in my opinion, diabolically badly to to squander the lead from your two-one lead. They just need to hang on to this lead and play the. World Test Championship final in mid 2021 against New Zealand. Okay. All right then. All right then. Cheers. Cyrus, thanks. Cheers. Right, it stumps. Bye bye. It's time for fantasy picks. And now let's go over to our super fan, Mr. Fantastic. Hey, folks. It's me, Mr. Fantastic, again. And no, it was not a fantastic outing over the last two-day test. Well, it's supposed to be five, but it ended up in two. So not only did the pitch bamboozle all the batsmen in the game, but also all of us fans and so-called experts. What we expected was a pitch that was supposed to aid fast bowlers, but it did exactly the opposite. I don't think I've ever seen anything that was so opposite of that expected. Well, unless we're talking about my bank account. Now, as far as results go, it's absolutely not worth talking about. Any of you who chose Akshar Patel, Ashwin, Rohit Sharma and Zach Crawley and made one of them a captain is a genius. You must go and buy the lottery. I don't want to know you. As a result of this, selecting the fantasy team for the next test is fraught with danger. A tarot reading will be a good suggestion here. But given some of the backlash about the pitch, it is possible that it may be an evenly matched one. Nonetheless, play it safe. So who's in my 11 for the next match? We have Joe Root. He is still the best English batsman and now he takes wickets too. Zach Crawley. Remember, form over everything else. Ben Fokes. He's reliable. He'll at least get a few catches and win you points. Jack Leach. He can spin, but he should play. No one knows whether he will. Rohit Sharma. Again, form and he did top score the last time for India. R. Ashwin. Well, he's on a hot streak. You just have to have him. Who knows, he might take all 10 catches in the next test. Rishabh Pant, he'll score. Yeah, and he'll also hold on to a few catches this time. Virat Kohli, Captain V is bigger due one, pitch permitting, so let's play the law of averages on this one. Now that's just eight. We need three more and these are the tricky ones. Rahane, Gill, even Bairstow deserve a chance on reputation. The same goes for Stuart Broad and Jofra Archer. But for that, we have to wait for the squads to be announced and the pitch to be announced. And this time around, it'll be a day match. So red ball, hot sunshine, completely different challenges. So pick this eight, let the other three be decided on the variables that we know so far and go well. If you do well, tell me. If you don't do well, I'll tell you. Cheers. So Cyrus is very bullish on Novak and why shouldn't he be? I mean, look at the form that Novak has shown this season, uh, just getting better and better. Even when he looked uh, a little bit wobbly in the US Open, he came back strongly, as we know. And then, of course, the ninth Australian title, 18 Grand Slam titles overall. He could possibly get two more this year from the three remaining tournaments with uh, Federer. We don't know as yet how he's recovering from his injury. Nadal knocked out fairly early in the Australian Open. Uh, of course, he's going to be, uh, you know, French Open, he always rules. But two titles is what Novak could look at realistically this year. And then, of course, the question is, 
how far can he go? Will it be 21, 22, 23? I don't want to kind of dive into the future. We don't know as yet. But for sure, you know, he's not left behind. I mean, for about a decade and more, tennis rivalry was all about Federer versus Nadal. It no longer is that simple or just, you know, a simple equation like that. Now it's a three-way battle. And I think, in fact, that Novak is now heading the pack. News about Tiger Woods who suffered a car crash uh, in Los Angeles last week. Uh, it's encouraging to the extent that he's out of danger. What's not encouraging is that he may never play golf again because his legs were smashed up. There's been multiple surgeries done. Uh, we don't know as yet whether he's even started to stand on his feet. Probably it'll take a few weeks at least is what medical reports suggest. But it's a sad blow to one of the greatest sportspersons of our time, perhaps the greatest golfer ever. Uh, it's still, it, it, details about what caused the car crash haven't yet surfaced. But what we do know is that it was a terrible, terrible uh, accident and it has left Tiger Woods. He's 45, he's not 25. So recovery will also, you know, take a little longer. That's what age does to all of us. Golfers all over the world, golf fans, and of course, sports fans all over the world will be hoping and wishing that he recovers swiftly. And finally, on to MC Mericom, India's champion boxer who's, who's brought so many plaudits uh, and laurels to this country. She has indicated that she's had enough of being, you know, inactive during the lockdown period. And subsequently, she wants to start training. This is what she's, she's spoken to people uh, in, in, in the news agencies. And uh, she is aiming, of course, to being part of the Olympics in 2021. Beyond Mericom and the Boxing Federation of India, other national sports associations are also waking up to the prospects that if the Olympics are held on schedule, then they need to start getting their act right. It's not easy because the COVID situation, not just in India, but globally, is still very uncertain. But the national sports associations are uh, moving ahead. They've set out programs uh, which they will want to follow at various levels, certainly at the senior level, because that's where the Olympians will come into play, but also at the junior levels. As, you know, my information is that uh, things have started moving in hockey, in wrestling, in shooting. These are the areas in which India traditionally does well at the Olympics or at these multidiscipline uh, events global events. So still still early days, early weeks, but as I say, not too much time remaining. Mid-year is when the Olympics will be held. So if anything needs to be done, it needs to start right now. That's all from me this week. Join me again next week on Sports Weekly. Sports Weekly.